Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back again to Police Pod Talk. This week, once again, I've got a guest that's here, and I've got uh, Dawn Hipshire. Dawn, you can say hello to the people out there. Hello, everyone. Okay. Dawn has agreed to come in today and talk to me about her daughter, Angel Carter. And Dawn has a a story she would like to share, and uh, I hope we can all learn something, get something from this, and maybe even provide a little more information. Dawn, I'm going to turn it loose to you, and you go ahead and tell us what happened. Okay. Angel was 19. She wanted to live out on her own, and she met this guy named Thomas. And so she moved him into her motel. She didn't want to live with Mom anymore, so the easiest way for her to do it, to build her credit up, is live in a motel. They lived at the Hoosier. They lived at the Suburban. They lived at the Roadway. Well, on August... 2020, Thomas got a text message from Angel saying she was leaving him because they argued all the time about money, about drugs. On August 9th, 4.09, Thomas went and got a gun, uh, went down to the motel, got a key, went back up to the room because she wouldn't let him in, and uh, used the key, let himself in, and he shot her in the neck while she was sleeping. She got up. She put both of her hands on her neck because it went through one side, outer trachea, through this side, and out her shoulder, into her shoulder and out her back. She walked out stumbling. She fell because he pushed her. After she fell, he walked back and forth, went back to her, lifted up her hair, kicked her in the head, and took off. And that's when I lost Angel. And this was all at inside of a hotel, a motel, right? Yeah. Okay. The inside and the outside, because, like I said, she walked out. Okay. So the door was, like, leading out to the outside. Yeah. Okay. Did you have a clue how he ended up getting a key to get in? It was his room. Oh. It was in his name only. Okay. And the whole thing of him getting, did he plan on buying a gun, getting a gun? or? He um, Apparently, he got the gun from one of the other guests. We don't know how true it is as far as if he stole the gun mm-hmm. or if the guy gave him the gun mm-hmm. to use on her. Okay. And she's 19 years old at this time. Yep. Did she call you before this to say, hey, I'm breaking up with him? No, she didn't tell anybody she was leaving him. Okay. She didn't tell her dad. She didn't tell me. She didn't tell any of her siblings. She told nobody. And she, But she told him, I'm leaving you. Yeah, in okay. text messages. Okay, but he wasn't there at the time. She sent him a text message saying, hey, I'm leaving you. Yes. Okay, and then he made his way there. Yeah. Okay, no clue where he was at. He was somewhere on the property drinking. Okay, I got you. All right, and he showed up at... So what happened after that? I mean, did you get a phone call or what happened? Um, I didn't get a phone call until about 12.31 in the afternoon. Now, remind you, she died at 4.09. In the morning? In the morning. Okay. I did not get a phone call until about 12.30, 1 o'clock in the afternoon from my second oldest daughter. Not from the police? Not from the police, not from the coroner, nobody. 
So how did your daughter find out? She went, from what I'm being told, she went over there. And that's when they seen all the police. Dad got a phone call, but didn't tell nobody. Did he say what the phone call was? Just that the police called him. And it was about Angel. But he didn't tell anybody until after everybody was there at the motel that showed up. Okay, so he got there first. Yeah, him and my oldest, second oldest daughter. Okay. All right, I'm trying to piece this together. and I'm, I'm just like a listener going, oh, I got questions in my mind. So you eventually got called about 12.30 p.m. from your other daughter. Correct. Okay. What was said? She says, Mom, Angel's dead. I said, what? No. I just talked to her the night before. So I says, uh, where are you at? She told me she was at the roadway. So I went over there to the roadway. I didn't even get my truck and parked. My son jumped over my mom and out the truck he went. I forgot to put it in park. I jumped out. Then I had to jump back in, throw it in park, and I ran up the stairs. I still believe till this day that her body was laying on that ground because there was a white sheet and them cops would not let me through. I wanted to verify it was my daughter's room number. That's all I wanted. No one would give me information. No one, no officers would talk with me. They wouldn't tell me nothing. My ex-husband walks up and says, Thomas shot her. Sorry, it's really hard. No, understandable, understandable. So your ex-husband was there, but he didn't bother to call you, nope. tell you anything. And I'm sure they probably had a conversation with him yeah. before you got there. Yeah. Okay. So you have an active crime scene. There's a the tape and all the police are there, and no one's really talking to you, but I'm sure they probably said something to your ex-husband. Yes. All right. When did you eventually talk to an officer or a detective? I didn't. Not at all? Not at all. Okay. But from 1230 on, how long were you there waiting for someone to tell you something? I was there until at least 6 o'clock that night. Okay, so you're there almost six hours. Yeah, and no one came up and talked to me. Okay. So while you're there, they're doing their thing, you know. Yeah, they were, um, there was two cops upstairs where she was at. And then the rest were loading up stuff, I guess their crime scene Mm -hmm. stuff. They were loading it all up and leaving. The one officer sat in the chair right at the top of the stairs. Mm -hmm. And I went to go through, and he goes, ma'am, I can't let you through. Right. Why not? Why can't I go make sure that's my daughter's room? He says, because it is Angel. How do I know this? So you, you wanted someone to, you wanted to see for your own self. I, you, needed, you need, I needed verification. It was her. I still can't understand why your family, who was there before you, is not telling you anything. No one told me anything. But they were still there the same time you were, so you guys weren't standing there talking or were you away from each other? Uh, my son shut down. As soon as he found okay. out it was his sister, he shut down. Okay. So I'm trying to talk with him, and everybody else was, you know, back further from mm-hmm. us. Right. And I walked up to my ex-husband, and I says, how do we, we know it's her? He goes, I know it's her. Well, obviously, he knew something that he wasn't telling you. Right. He got to see something that he didn't tell you. Okay. So eventually they had to remove her body, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you were there for that. Actually, that's what I'm saying is I don't know if her body was up there when I arrived. Hmm. 
Okay. Because of the white sheet being where her body was. Mm -hmm. But they're saying that they took her body at 4.20 a.m. Okay. Okay. Way before you got there. Yeah. Okay. But they had, when I, like I said, when I got up there, and I got around the first officer, that white sheet was laying on that ground. Mm -hmm. Okay, if she's not under there, why is that white sheet there? If she's not there, why can't I go verify that room number? All I wanted is that room number to verify it was Angel's room. They wouldn't let me through. Where was this Thomas guy? Uh, he ran. Okay. He ran. All right. He knew he did it. You're there. They finally closed everything down. Did you ever go into the room? Did you ever get to go in? Yeah, I went in there, and I had to clean it out. Okay. And that's a mother's worst nightmare. It looked like a blood massacre in there. Blood on the walls, the floors, the bed. I mean, ceiling everywhere. And you had to clean this? I had to clean it up. I had to get her stuff out of there. Wait, help me understand. You were actually cleaning up that, along with picking up all her clothing and everything else? Yes. They said you had to do that? Yeah, or they were going to throw Angel's things out. You're not throwing my baby's things out. Okay, I can understand the collecting of items, but not the cleaning of the room. That's yeah. A, okay. Okay, you clean the room, you get her stuff. Is anyone helping you? My mom, my 81-year-old mom helped. Just the two of you? Yeah. My pregnant daughter wanted to help, but she would have went into labor. Seeing that room, as soon as I stepped at the doorway, I immediately lost it. Because, like I said, it... There was blood everywhere. I never in my life knew that one person had that much blood. Every wall was covered in blood. Underneath the bed was blood. I mean, in strange places, there was blood. And it just, so I knew my pregnant daughter couldn't do it. So my mom says, I'll help. I said, no, you can't do it. She goes, watch me. We did it. But it, it was hard, but we did it. So after all of this, you're gathering up the things, you've cleaned the room. Have you still yet to meet with anyone to talk about it? Nope. Weeks go by. When do you finally meet with anyone? When uh, I got told from victim's advocate that Thomas was going to court. How long was that? Two weeks. So it was two weeks after the incident. He yep. ended up, so they, how did they find him? What happened? Give me that. We, uh, everybody in the family decided to post pictures of Thomas on Facebook, any kind of social media we could. News Channel 15, 2133, they all posted pictures of him. Some uh, girl happened to uh, recognize him. He was dating her mother. She, said, she calls her mom and she says, Mom, you know uh, that man just murdered that girl at Roadway? She goes, no, his name's Marcus Williams. No, <laughs> No, it ain't. <laughs> well, tips led to the residents. They seen Thomas walk out, get in a vehicle with this girl. They drove down the street, and that's when U.S. Marshals got him. So they knew right away who they were looking for. Oh, yeah. And just a matter of waiting to get him. Oh, yeah. Wow. He's on surveillance He with waving a gun hmm. at the roadway, waving the gun at the door and beating on the door and texting her and all this and that. I don't know what all the text messages was about because— in court, they didn't vouch that information to us. But it was enough that when I saw that video, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. I stood in that courtroom and I sat in that courtroom and I counted the steps between me and that 
monster. He ain't no man. He's a cold-hearted killer. He was 40, and he took my 19-year-old daughter's life Mm -hmm. for what? $300 and some dope. Hmm. And because she was leaving him, go find somebody else. So there was a gap in there. I'm going to fill in a gap here. From the time you guys cleaned up the the, uh, hotel room, motel room, and gathered your daughter's things, there was a two-week gap in there before they finally said they had him. Yep. Right? What was going on during that two-week period? I was searching for him. My son and I and my mom was driving up and down streets. Everybody said, oh, he's in Chicago. No, he ain't. There's no way he could have got out of town that quick. We searched streets. We we went. We had... uh, some people say on social media they spotted him here, so we'd send the officers out there. Came up empty. And then just all of a sudden, this girl seen his picture on mm-hmm. TV or, or social media and called it in. So during that two-week period, you had to lay her to rest. Was that during, during that time, too? It was August 25th when we laid her to rest. And the whole I'm, I'm assuming the whole family was there, ex-husband yeah. and all, yep. right? And it's still... It's not over. No. no. So he was picked up. You guys went to court. Yes. What happened? I found him guilty on murder and gun enhancement. So they got him for 85 years. I got this question, and I'm thinking other people are thinking this too. Why? Because he was on video, right? Yeah. Why did he take that to court? Why did he pretend like he didn't do it? Oh, he's still trying to this day saying he didn't do it. He filed a post-conviction relief. And explain to the listeners what that means. I'm not really sure, only we've got to sit for two years for them to make a decision on that post-conviction relief. But what I'm understanding is post-conviction relief is they got new evidence or he's got new witnesses for him. And he's got like a two-year window for this thing or what? From what I'm understanding, it's a two-year waiting deal. And then after two years, then the judge will make the decision or whoever makes the decision on whether they're going to grant that post-conviction relief or if he's going to sit. He better sit. For the 80-something years, right? 85 years. 85 years. Here's a question, and you can answer me if you want. If not, I clearly understand. Let's say you were driving around looking for him, and you found him. What was your plan? I'm not going to lie to you. I will be straight up, and I will tell everybody. He would have been dead. He wouldn't have had no trial. Because at that point, he took my daughter's life. She was a beautiful girl. She didn't get to have any kids. She didn't get to get married. She didn't even get to experience life because he took it from her. He's a monster. So, yeah, if I would have found him, he would have died. Yeah, what if you're going to answer that? Tell me about your daughter. She, she was the most popular girl. Everybody loved her. She was sweet. She was friendly. But she was very blunt with you. She kept everything real with you. She loved dancing. She loved music. She was going to be a model. That's how beautiful she was. She was going to be a model. She was going to go to Elkhart or Goshen, one of them towns up there, and be a model. She's an aunt, an aunt that's very missed because her nieces love her. Her nephew misses her. She's a sister. Siblings, all her siblings. She's got nine of them, Mm -hmm. and they all miss her. She was a daughter. I wake up every day hoping that somebody pinches me and tells me this is a dream because I don't want to, I don't want to lie to you, but I can't, I can't do this much longer. Mm-hmm. That was my girl. If I needed, 
we could take road trips. She'd go, Mom, let's go take a road trip. Mm-hmm. Where? Michigan. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she just, me and her brother and her would load up and we'd go. Just just on a whim. She just, just on a whim. Yeah, she wanted to go. She wanted to go. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you said something to me when we first walked down the hall. It wasn't on air. I asked you, how are things going? How are you doing? And you said something about, yeah, what? It, one, I'm here. Yeah, one day at a time, right? That's all I can do. Right. Who are you? Are you getting counseling? Are you talking to anyone? Actually, I um, talk to the Java girls, but besides that, I don't talk to anybody else because a lot of people don't know truly what I'm going through. Right. It, it's hard for, I get that people lose their spouse, People lose their siblings, but this is my child. I only got to have her for 19 years. Not enough time in my book. And it's hard for me to uh, do anything because I work third shift. Mm. So usually I'm sleeping right now. (laughs) So are you looking for some counseling, or are you just going to keep working with the Java girls? Uh, Java sisters is what I keep hearing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they are the sisters. (laughs) Right. Uh. Between the Java girls and uh, I got stirred to uh, the, it's called a live outreach, and they have counseling one Thursday a month, the mm-hmm. end, last Thursday of the month, and I, right. I've been going to that, started okay. going to that. But right now, I just want to keep my little clan, my, li- my little posse right, of right. girls. Right, and they, and, they, and they are helpful to you? They are, they mm-hmm. are. Good. I think I saw you on the news recently. And I think you had a booklet of pictures of your daughter. Was that, was that right? Was yep. that you on the news I saw? Okay, yep. I thought I saw that. What you're going through, no one, unless they've had the identical thing happen to them, can understand what, what the pain you have right now, right? Correct. And I'm, with me saying that, the reason I'm saying that is I believe that there's a counselor out there. And I know the Java sisters. I've dealt with them. I know they're there. And all I can say, just talking to you, I, I strongly encourage you. You have to. When you said you don't know how much longer you can do this, I think you're stronger than that. I think they're there for you. They're there for you for a reason. I never met your daughter. I saw pictures of your daughter. And I think you would do that for her. Yeah. And I think she would want her mother to fight and stay for her, right? Right. I'm just throwing my little two cents out that I know. No, actually, you're, yeah. you, you've been ballpoint pen marked it on the spot for Angel. That's her. She did things on a whim. Yep. She enjoyed life. That yeah. she did. And I'm, I'm sure she would like you to keep enjoying life for her. Yeah, you doing it is doing it for her. Yeah, and I'm also doing it for my other two. Yeah, we just met. I met them, and then they had to leave. Yeah, because <laughs> so, yeah. they don't know all the details, and yeah. my seven-year-old don't need to know all the details. Clearly understandable. Um, Clearly understandable. So let's say you're talking to, which you will be, to a lot of listeners. What would you tell listeners who have daughters or sons, and they may be involved in a relationship? What were some of the signs or things that maybe you saw or maybe your daughter said to you that would give them a clue maybe they're in a dangerous situation where something like this could happen? What things happened or did you see that you may be able to share? Um, Actually, Angel couldn't say much. We didn't notice much. Uh, That Thursday prior to that Sunday, she asked me to bring her some money, and I said, okay, where you at? She told me. And I went there, and before we got there, I stopped at McDonald's for the two other kids. 
And when we got there, she goes, Mom, where's my McDonald's? I said, well, if you want some, jump in, and I'll take you. She said, oh, no, I can't leave. That should have put red flags up at me, but I didn't think nothing of it. Um, she said she couldn't leave because she was getting her room paid for. So, like I said, I didn't think nothing of it. I thought, okay, he's, he's a cool. Well, then later I found out that he had that gun on him when they were there, when I met them for me to give her her money. If I would have known that then, I would have told her, get in. We'll go to McDonald's. We'll be 10 minutes and just take off. There's so many things that I wish I would have done differently. He, he hit her once. Um, it was about, I'd say about five months prior to him shooting her. She called me up. She goes, Mom, this was 2 o'clock in the morning. He, she goes, Mom, he just hit me. Don't have to tell me twice. Jumped in my truck 120 miles an hour down 30 because I lived in Albion. Point blank looked at him. I said, you ever touch my daughter again. You're a dead man walking. You don't touch my babies. None of them because you will be walking in your own casket. He says, I promise I won't do it again. Won't do it again. After that, she said everything was fine. She just, she didn't call no one. She told somebody that she was leaving him. It was one of the guys that lived in the motel. She goes, I got to leave him. Can you help me out? Hmm. He goes, if you can wait till tomorrow morning, he goes, I'll get you a bus out of here. Not fast enough, not right. soon enough. But all I can say is there was no signs that he would ever murder her. Just for everybody out there, just keep your children close. Watch every little detail. It may not be much, but it's something. Like I said, it's something I missed because I didn't know why she wouldn't go to McDonald's because she knew he had that gun on him. She was scared of him. And uh, I'm sorry, but I don't wish this upon anybody, not even my worst enemy. Call your kids three times a day just to tell me you love them because you don't know when it's going to be the last. Do a background check on their, their boyfriends. Trust me, I'm doing that with my son, and he has no girlfriend at the age of 21 because mommy does a real harsh background. <laughs> well, one day we'll thank you for that, too. <laughs> exactly, because I'm going to make sure that I don't have to bury another child. Right. So, like I said, make sure you do a, a full background check on your daughter or your son's girlfriend or boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Watch for the little signs where they start to drift away from you. Mm -hmm. You know, just any little thing that looks out of the ordinary to you as the parent. So true. So true. I'm really sorry for your loss. I mean, like you said, 19 years, that's not long enough. Tell me your, th your thought. 86, 85 years, is that long enough? No. He needed the death penalty. He took my baby's life. Why should he be living in prison, breathing, getting three square meals a day, getting to watch TV, acting like, excuse my French, Billy Badass in prison? Because he's not. He hid behind that gun that shot my daughter, just like he's hiding behind everything else. Don Hipshire, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day, especially after working third shift. <laughs> <laughs> and come in and talk to me about your daughter, Angel. Well, thank you for having me. I'm hoping that people listen. And someone will listen and hear you and say, hey, I see that in my son or my daughter. I need to step in. Yes. And they will feel what you felt and make a move and say, hey, we got to get you out of here. E even, if, even if the parents think that the other, the boyfriend or the girlfriend is not the right person, let them listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. our, all of our experiences 
we know. We went through it. So maybe one of our stories will reach that child. Mm -hmm. And that child's going to say, you know what? My boyfriend is like that. I'm out of here. If we can turn one person's life around, then that's justice for Angel. That's justice for all the victims. Well said. Well spoken. Don Hibshire, thank you very much. I appreciate you being here today. Thank you for having me. All righty. Folks, thanks for listening to Police Pod Talk, and we will catch you again next week. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.